countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 24 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This week, we have one of the most entertaining variety shows ever to be heard on radio. It's the Martin and Lewis Show, starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. With special guest Lucille Ball in the NBC audition recording from December 1948. That year... Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis had skyrocketed to the top of the entertainment world. The duo's current nightclub act of zany antics and song played to sold-out audiences had the critics raving. Executives at NBC saw them as a great opportunity for a radio show, and the duo was signed to a huge contract where they would star in their first regular weekly series. They only had a couple of previous guest appearances on radio. On Scout About Town in 1947 and the following year's Elgin Thanksgiving Day show. Television viewers got their first look at them on June 20th, 1948 on The Ed Sullivan Show, which is known at that time as Toast of the Town. Martin and Lewis had first met in 1945 at the Glass Hat Club in New York, where they were both performing. They immediately became friends and appeared in each other's acts. Jerry was 19 and had developed a record act miming lyrics, which he performed in and around the New York City area. Comedian Irving K. saw Lewis's act, became his manager, and this led to his eventual booking at the Glass Hat Club. The senior member of the twosome, Dean Martin, had worked at a speakeasy and was a former welterweight boxer. He also began to sing in local bands in his native Ohio. His big break came as a crooner with the Ernie McKay Orchestra. He then sang with Sammy Watkins and by 1943 started to perform in in New York. The Martin and Lewis stage show debuted at Atlantic City's 500 Club on July 24th, 1946. Their first show didn't go over well, and they were told by the club's owner, Skinny D'Amato, that the second show had to be better or they'd be fired. So they went for broke and performed outrageous routines with Martin singing and Lewis dressed as a busboy and heckling his partner. The audience loved it and they were on their way to the big time. This included several bookings along the East Coast, including a long stint at New York's Copacabana. In 1948, NBC signed the duo in a move by the network to obtain new talent, hoping to replace Jack Benny and others who were in the process of jumping to rival CBS. The Martin and Lewis Show was slated to be a half-hour comedy variety show with a guest star each week. In an effort by the network to sell the show, an audition was recorded in December. And that's what we have for you now, the audition recording of The Martin and Lewis Show, starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, with their special guest star Lucille Ball, as recorded at NBC Studios in Hollywood, December 22, 1948.
It's the new, the great, the different, the Martin and Lewis show. The National Broadcasting Company brings you the new Martin and Lewis show. Our guest tonight, Lucille Ball, and featuring Eileen Woods, Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis are two young men who, overnight, have become the nation's comedy hit. But let's get on with the show. We take you now to the apartment of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, where we find the boys getting ready, somewhat nervously, to go to the NBC studios for their first radio show. There's a tree in the meadow with a stream drifting by. Answer the phone, Jerry, I'm tying my tie. Okay, Dean, there's a tree in the meadow with a stream drifting by. I could never be a big singer like Crosby. Well, why not? I sound too much like Dean. (laughs) Oh, it must be NBC again. What cowards we are. Why are we afraid to do our own radio show? After all, how big an egg can we lay? How big? Well, if we took a large hen and got it to hold back for two years... All right, Jerry, all right. (laughs) We've been acting like two frightened mice all day. We've got an ironclad contract to do the show. We've got to talk to NBC sometime. You're right. I'm not a frightened mouse. Answer the phone. Oh, come on, Jerry, you answer it. Dean Martin, I will tell you why I will not answer the phone. Indubitably, that is a call from NBC. And it is indubitably they want to know where the H-E-C-K we are because they are spending thousands and thousands of dollars and money (laughs) to build a sensational comedy and musical extravaganza around us. And if they think we are that important, why don't they call us? Jerry, they are calling us. Who else could it be besides NBC? Well, it could be a wrong number, a quiz show. Hey, a quiz show. They give you money just for answering a few questions. Give me that phone. Hello, 1492 Marie Antoinette and sulfuric acid. Ship the money. (laughs) Now, come on, Jerry. We got to get down to NBC right away. Let's go. Dean. Yeah? I'm scared. Look, we've done all right so far. We shouldn't be afraid. We did all right in nightclubs, didn't we? Yeah, but those people pay $10 cover charge, so they had to like us. But at a radio show, the audience gets in free, and at those prices, they can afford to hate us. <laughs> because there's nothing cheaper than something that doesn't cost very much. I always say. Indubitably, but uh, come on, Jerry, get dressed. Okay, I shall wear my new sport coat, which the man said was good for town or country and just perfect for the beach. What is it, gabardine? No, wet sand. (laughs) Jerry, you're just Stalin. That's impossible. Stalin's a big man in Russia, and Russia's a big country full of places like Valdostovostok. And... (laughs) They laughed. And Dniper. And he's a big, important man. And if he thinks I'm impersonating him, he'll get mad and come and get me and send me to Siberia. And it's full of ice and snow and sleet. And Dean... Yeah? I'm cold. (laughs) 
Jerry, you and I are going to NBC and do that program. What are you scared of? When we played the Copacabana in New York, they laughed at us. When we played the Chaperie in Chicago, they laughed at us. And when we came out here and asked for a radio job... They laughed at us. <laughs> they didn't laugh at us. They signed us up. They want us. Jerry, we got to do this radio show. Who knows? This could make us famous. Yeah, famous. We could even become important actors. Yeah, important actors. Our names in lights, celebrities, stars in pictures. Yeah, names in lights, celebrities, stars in pictures. I can see it all. Big hits in nightclubs. We're famous. Everybody wants us. Hal Wallace signs us for a Paramount picture. NBC signs us for a radio show. We flop. <laughs> Nobody wants us. Hal Wallace won't speak to us. Paramount hates us. We spend our savings. We can't get work. We're tramping the streets, starving. We stop and press our noses against the bakery window. Dean? Why? I'm hungry. <laughs> Tell me, Jerry, did uh, Whitaker Chambers ever hide any papers in your head? Well, it ain't my fault. I don't have my head with me all the time, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's answer it. Hello? Hello. Who is this speaking, please? Jerry. Jerry, you have to take the phone off of the hook. Yeah, when did they do that? Okay. Hello? Why aren't you guys down here at NBC? They're going nuts down here. Oh, it's our agent. Well, it's not your maiden aunt in Minneapolis. Everyone's waiting to do the program You guys are messing up the whole thing Now listen, I can explain everything Good, start with you <laughs> Now listen, boys, don't ruin everything This radio show means a lot to us Your careers, my commission You think I don't care about the show? I do After all, I gotta live too I can think of a loophole in that argument <laughs> Ooh, how you aggravate me Okay, Abby, we'll be right down there we can't leave yet, Jerry. I gotta rehearse my number. It's a romantic number. I wish I had a girl to sing it to, you know, to get me in the mood. I'll be a girl if you'll promise to respect me. <laughs> sing to me. I'm a great movie star and a princess of far-off India. Really? What princess of India are you? Rita Hayworth. <laughs> you're... you're Rita Hayworth? But you're not even on the road to being a princess of India. Maybe I'm not on the road, but I'm sure following the right alley. <laughs> see, see, the idea of this gag, see, the idea of this gag is that, well, alley is an alley in the street, see? A-L-L-E-Y. But when you say alley, A-L-I, that's like the prince that is going to marry Rita Hayworth. It's all combined into one joke. And it's so funny, this kind of, look how they're staring at me. <laughs> Ah, oh, Jerry, relax. Have faith in me. We'll do all right on the radio show. That's all right for you to say, but I haven't thought up any jokes to tell the people. Oh, you'll think of something. What about me? I haven't even rehearsed my song. I don't even know if I'm in good voice. Well, go ahead, sing. Give yourself a clue. <laughs> Satisfied till you break my heart. You're never satisfied till a tear drops dark. I've tried to shower you 
with love and kisses But all I ever get from you Is nagging and bragging My poor heart is sagging The way you toss my heart around A crying shame Well, I'll bet you wouldn't like it If I did the same You're only happy Tearing all my dreams apart You won't be satisfied Till you break my heart Oh, you won't be satisfied Till you break my heart You're never satisfied Till the teardrops start I'll try to shower you With love and kisses Ah, oh, but all I ever get from you Is nagging and bragging My poor heart is sagging The way you toss my heart around It's a crying shame Well, I'll bet you wouldn't like it If I did the same You're only happy Tearing all my dreams apart You won't be satisfied Until you break my heart Dean, I know you'll want my opinion of your rendition And I cannot tell a lie, it was magnificent Oh, well, come on, let's go Oh, not so fast Let me take a look at you first Stand up Wash your hands Yes, partner Wash your face Yes, sir Behind your ears Look, I'm just going to a broadcast I'm not going to get married (laughs) Anyway, what about you? Did you bathe? Well, of course I take a bath every day You take a bath every day? (laughs) Well, of course Oh, Dean I'm so unworthy of you Now, you, you talk like that What'll people think? When was the last time you took a bath? In a tub? <laughs> yes With soap? Yes With water? <laughs> yes Oh, Dean, I'm so unworthy of you <laughs> Oh, let's get out of this apartment and go to NBC Who is it? It's the maid <laughs> I have to come in and clean the apartment Well, okay, come on in. We're just leaving anyway. Gee, look at the load of equipment she's carrying. I never saw such a stack of stuff in my life. Here, let me help you before you drop it, miss. I can put it down myself, thank you. (laughs) Now let me help you with the other armful. My goodness, just look at the condition of this room. Huh? What's the matter with it? It's clean. 
Well, well, that's a break for you, then. You have no work to do. I don't have any work to do. That's fine. I'm the maid, and I'm supposed to clean the apartments every day. And if your apartment isn't dirty, then I don't have to clean it. And if I don't have to clean your apartment, I won't have anything to do for a half hour. So I'll go out in the hall, and I'll light a cigarette, and the manager will smell the smoke, and he'll come up to me, and he'll say, what are you doing smoking a cigarette in the hall? And I'll say, I haven't anything to do right now. And he'll say, why aren't you cleaning the apartments? And I'll say, I didn't have to clean the apartments. And he'll say, oh, you don't have to clean the apartments, son. He'll get mad and fire me and all because your apartment is clean. <laughs> it's people like you that cause unemployment. Miss, there's one thing I don't understand. What's that? Are you for real? <laughs> Miss, we're not trying to get you fired. Do the best you can. We have to leave. Come on, Jerry, let's go. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Now what? Uh... There's a discrepancy in the bathroom. A what? <laughs> One of you has to get married. The towels say his and hers, and you're a his and his. Okay, okay, look, just put in two hises. That'll fix it. Oh, it's not as simple as that. If I give you another his, then I'll have an extra hers. And at the end of the week, I'll have 148 hises and 149 herses. And the manager won't know why there's more herses than hises because he doesn't know how many heses and cheeses there are in the building anyway. Okay, take all the towels out, all of them. From now on, we'll dry on newspapers. Well, the next thing on my list is dusting. I'll start with a dresser. Don't touch that bottom drawer. Why not? Because that's where I keep my kittens. Hey, not the top drawer either. What's in the top drawer? Catnip. <laughs> well, what's to prevent the cats in the bottom drawer from going up to the top drawer and eating the catnip? In the middle drawer, bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> my, you're odd people. <laughs> We ain't odd. We're entertainers. We're Martin and Lewis, and we got a radio show to do in a few minutes. Oh, you're on the radio. What do you do? Well, one of us is a singer. And the other guy's the funniest comedian you ever heard. He tells big jokes, kills the people, gets big laughs. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> which is which? <laughs> You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now, back to Radio Rarities. 
Well, come on, Jerry. Let's go to NBC. Stand in line, folks, for the Martin and Lewis show. The line will move inside the studio in a few moments. Come on, Miranda. Stand in line over here. Well, all right, but I don't understand, Henrietta. Who are Martin and Lewis? Well, my goodness, where have you been, Miranda? Well, they're famous. Oh? My husband was the conductor on the train they came out here on, and he heard that the greatest entertainers New York ever saw were Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Who told your husband that, Henrietta? Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Pardon me, ladies. Can you tell me how to get into the Martin and Lewis show? Oh, stand behind us, young man, and we'll get the best seats. You know, we always come to see these new comedians the very first week Because usually they don't last for a second week <laughs> They don't, huh? Well, you don't know Martin and Lewis They're the best comedians in the world And I say that for two reasons Bread and butter <laughs> You know, I'm anxious to see that handsome Dean Martin <laughs> You know, Miranda that, that Dean Martin's just the whole show as far as I'm concerned he really has talent. Now, wait a minute, lady. It takes two to make a team, you know. Takes two to make a team. Martin and Lewis. That's the team. They got to stick together. That's the way it is with any team. Without Fibber, where would Molly be? Without Kaiser, where would Fraser be? And without Earl Warren, where would... Uh, what was that guy's name again? <laughs> okay, Jerry, I parked the car... Hey, what are you doing in this line? Oh, I'm with Dean Martin. Uh, hello, ladies. Oh, isn't he handsome? <laughs> what are you going to sing tonight, Mr. Martin? I'd like to get you on a slow boat to China. It's a deal. Get the tickets and I'll meet you at the dock. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. Let's go into the studio here. Let's go into the studio here, Jerry. Gee, look at all the people in here, Dean. I'm scared. Here's Dean Martin. I'm your producer, Mr. Martin. I'm your director, Mr. Martin. I'm your family, Mr. Martin. I'm your singer, Mr. Martin. I'm your producer, Mr. Martin. I'm your director, Mr. Martin. I'm your leader, Mr. Martin. I'm your singer, Mr. Martin. What am I, the Larry Parks of this outfit? Ah, be quiet, Jerry. I gotta rehearse. Oh, now I gotta be quiet. You're a big star. A big man. You're too important for me. My tongue got in the way of my eye tooth. I couldn't see what I was saying. You're just too important for me. Well... I don't need a house to fall on me. Goodbye, pal. I won't be a drag on you. Ah, haha. I'm sorry it had to end like this. We had a lot of good times together. Even if I always did have to take the ugly ones. Ah, oh, Jerry. Jerry, your feelings are just hurt, that's all. Oh, my feelings ain't hurt. I'm happy. I can laugh. I'll never forget you, Dean You go on without me And good luck, old pal I won't ever be jealous of your success When you're a big star and run over me in your big imported car I'll still be happy I'll just lay there and think Gee, Vogue tires <laughs> Well, I'll go now You people don't want me here I'll be seeing you 
Oh, poor Jerry. Why do you let him go away like that? Oh, Jerry will be all right. Let's rehearse. <clears throat> and now I would like to present one of Hollywood's most glamorous stars, currently gracing your neighborhood screens in Sorrowful Jones, a charming actress who gracefully combines the talents of a leading lady and comedian... Now, listen here, Dean Martin. Don't you say anything nice about me, you big bully, you you monster. I'll have you know that i Wait I'm a minute, the... wait a minute. Why, you are Lucille Ball. <laughs> But, but what's the matter, Lucille? Don't act like you don't know. You've got some nerve, Dean Martin, asking me to come down here and be a guest on your radio program after the way you beat up that sweet, adorable little Jerry Lewis. Why, uh, if I weren't a perfect lady, I'd slug you. The idea beating up that darling, cute, lammy pie. Me? <laughs> yes, you, Dean Martin. <laughs> Well, Jerry, hey, hey, where'd he go? He's behind me where he'll be safe. He's not going to stay out here where you can knock him down again. Knock him down? Yes, and kicking him and throwing dirt in his face and trying to drive your car over him. I did that? See, Lucille, he admits it. Oh, I get it. Jerry told you that story. Yes, he did. I never met anyone so contemptible as you in my whole life. How could you treat Jerry that way? He's so darling and so cute. You forgot Lammy Pie. <laughs> Just exactly what did Jerry tell you I did to him? He told me the whole story. It's incredible to me that you could pick on a little fella like that when you have such a grand physique. Uh, I mean, when, when you're so much bigger than he is, with all those great, big, powerful muscles. <laughs> you, you, big... Yes? <laughs> and, and the things you called him It's just hard to imagine names like that being spoken by you Why, you have that wonderful, soft, caressing voice Yes Lucille, hey Lucille <laughs> Will you stop tugging at my skirt? I just wanted you to know I'm still here Lewis is the name, Jerry Lewis they call me Don't stop Lucille, tell him off, good all right. <laughs> You're right. Dean Martin, how could you have slugged poor Jerry when you look so... so handsome with those soft eyes and long, long lashes? Yes? Hey, Lucille! Shut up, you little schnook. Schnook! <laughs> <laughs> Me, schnook! The idea of telling those awful fibs about this darling, cute, lammy pie, Dean Martin. I ought to turn you over my knee and spank you. Ding, ding. Yes? <laughs> ding, are you going to stand there and let her talk to me like that? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, but really, he isn't bad at all, Lucille. In fact, he's a very nice guy. In fact, he's a wonderful guy. Why, Jerry's the important half of our act. He's the talent. Why, he's the one who gets all the laughs. He's the one the critics rave about. He's the one the people love. Oh, what a ham. <laughs> well, uh, it's sure nice of you to come down tonight and help us get, on our, get, get our first show started, Lucille. I figured we need plenty of advice, advice here in Hollywood. Come on, snap out of it. <laughs> 
Dean, I, I'm sure you're going to be very successful. Well, how about Jerry? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> You'll see. I'm going to be a big star. When I make my first picture, I'll be sensational. I'll be... Well, you do think I'll be a picture star, don't you, Lucille? Why not? Lassie made it. <laughs> if you're going to make fun of me, I'll quit the show. I'll give... I'll give... I'll give... Uh... <laughs> I'll give Dean all the money we've saved And I'll go home and lock myself in a closet Kick my heels And hold my breath until I die And if you want to know why I do these things It's because, listen <laughs> Well, don't get too desperate, Jerry Look, I, I've planned a little party for you and Dean after the show uh, Lots of important people will be there Well, that's wonderful, Lucille Well, the only thing, Dean uh, Does Jerry know how to act at a party? Do I know how to act at a party? Why, one time in the back room of a barbershop... Jerry! <laughs> Hold it. You see what I mean? Miss Ball. <laughs> Miss Ball, Mr. Martin. I would like to inform you that Gerald Lewis, when attempting a social event... Attending a social event... <laughs> What do you want? <laughs> Miss Ball and Mr. Martin, when I, I'd like to inform you that Gerald Lewis, when attending a social event, always conducts himself with complacent, elegant simplicity, utterly devoid of ostentation. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, where did you get words like that? Don't ask me, I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> Gee, I hope there's a girl there for me Lucille, I like him about my height Well, let's see now Betty Grable will be there And of course I like him about my age Uh-huh, well, Ann Blythe will be there And I like him to be of my intelligence Sorry, Margaret O'Brien can't stay out that late <laughs> Jerry, I, I hope you understand I've invited important people People of refinement, breeding, culture don't worry about me. Refinement and breeding and culture pour out of me like sweat off a horse's neck. <laughs> Lucille, don't worry. I'll guarantee Jerry. Well, I don't know. I'm afraid he'll be a little raucous. Raucous? Me? Don't ever worry about Jerry Lewis being raucous. I'll make more noise than anyone there. Oh. Now, Lucille... If you'll just tell us the address of the party And, uh, by the way, Lucille, uh, shall we dress? Naturally, we don't want the cops <laughs> Oh, the party sounds like it'll be a lot of fun, Lucille And uh, I'm sure we'll know exactly what to do Sure, we've been educated You know, I worked my way through Harvard What? Well, he did stumble his way through high school He looks more like he had to shoot his way out of kindergarten <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this, Lucille Well, uh, my house isn't one of those elaborate Hollywood mansions, Dean Oh, there's one thing, Jerry If we decide to go in for a dip Be sure you don't go in the servant's swimming pool <laughs> I'm sorry to butt in, but we go on the air in 30 seconds Okay, fine Are you nervous, Jerry? Me? Nervous? <laughs> 20 seconds. I'll be all right. I'll kill the people. 15 seconds. Just let me at them. 10 seconds. I'll fracture them. 
Five seconds. Four seconds. Three. Two. I'll pulverize them. The Martin and Lewis show is on the air. Go ahead, Jerry. Start talking. Yes, sir. A very funny thing happened to me on the way to the studio. Well, come on, Lucille. Help me hold Jerry up and we'll do the song. Okay. Up he goes. Up he goes. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. As the rich man, he'll confess. Money can't buy happiness. Ask a poor man. He don't doubt. But he'd rather be miserable with and without. I love life and I want to live. I love life and I say. Yeah, but I love life. I know, but you don't have to spoil it for the rest of us. If you spend it, please be wiser. If you save it, you're a miser. If you don't want it, you're cuckoo. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. It's good to be home in bed. And, Dean, I'm sorry I messed up our radio program tonight. Ah, forget it, Jerry. It's past midnight. Better get some sleep. Good night. Good night. Well, who could that be? What do you want? It's me, the maid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you'll have to get out of those beds. Get out of bed? Why? Well, you see, those beds are six by three beds. And this afternoon, I made a mistake, and I put on seven by four sheets. Oh! And if I put the wrong sheets on your beds, the manager will say to me... Look, miss, ca- if I get up, I'll start walking the floor. And if I start walking the floor, I'll get into a bad humor. And when I go to embassy tomorrow, they'll say, Jerry Lewis, why did you faint on your radio program? And I'll say, who could help but fainting? I was excited. And they'll say, oh, talking back, eh? I guess you don't want to go on the radio very bad. And I'll say, and they'll say, and they'll fire me. It's people like you that cause unemployment. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. You've just heard the new Martin and Lewis show. If you enjoyed them, tune in again each Sunday night at the same time. And next week, our guest will be Bob Hope. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Some zany comedy, Carl. Martin and Lewis were two of the best. And with guest star Lucille Ball, the trio had the studio audience roaring. And of course, they promoted Ball's current movie, Sorrowful Jones. The supporting cast did a lot to help with the antics. There was the familiar voice of Frank Nelson. And actresses Flo McMichael, Eileen Woods, and Lois Corbett. NBC assembled a top writing team, which included Norman Sullivan, 
Dick McKnight, Ray Allen, and Chet Castellaw. The orchestra, conducted by Dick Stabile, performed excellent arrangements to both You Won't Be Satisfied Until You Break My Heart and The Money Song. The enthusiastic announcer was John Storm, and Robert Redd was the producer. NBC was hoping to debut their latest discovery in January. But it wasn't until April 3rd that the Martin and Lewis show finally hit the airwaves. Their first guest was Bob Hope, and the same audition script was used. They continued performing right through the summer and fall with their first season ending in January of 1950. NBC had confidence in them, even though the show had not attracted a sponsor as yet. In 1949, Martin and Lewis signed with Paramount Pictures and appeared in two My Friend Irma films. By 1950, they were guest starring on the NBC television series, The Colgate Comedy Hour. In the fall of 1950, they returned to NBC Radio and completed two additional seasons. Executives were patting themselves on the back because the series landed not one, but three weekly sponsors, Chesterfield, Anison, and Dentine. With sponsor participation, the budget was increased to $10,000 per week. Which meant they could afford to hire Norman Lear as writer, the comedy genius later responsible for All in the Family and Sanford and Son. The radio show was soaring, but by the mid-1950s, Dean Martin became disappointed with their film work assigned by the studio, and this began to take a toll on him. It eventually led to he and Jerry Lewis separating permanently in 1956. But both went on to achieve highly successful solo careers. We know Jerry Lewis from his work with Decca Records, television, acting and producing films, and his host of the Muscular Dystrophy Association Labor Day telethons. Dean Martin would become an icon in recording, television, films, and as a nightclub act. The Dean Martin Show on television was a hit for nearly a decade. And his song, Everybody Loves Somebody, was a chart topper in 1964. And who could forget the Dean Martin celebrity roasts held from 1974 until 1984, where Martin and his friends would roast a celebrity. The roasters included Jack Benny, Phyllis Diller, Don Rickles, Nipsey Russell, Rich Little, Joey Bishop, and Foster Brooks. And those being roasted included Hugh Hefner, Betty Davis, Johnny Carson, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Red Fox, Frank Sinatra, Joe Namath, and even soon-to-be president Ronald Reagan. I still watch them in reruns today. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present an audition from the radio series Once Upon a Midnight, hosted by that master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. So don't miss it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.